Have you tried training methods that just didn't work? Do you feel that your pet is not getting his or her nutritional needs met? Are illnesses and bad behavior your daily norm? You're going to want to join me on The Pet Parenting Reset, where you'll hear interesting and informative interviews and get solutions to all your pet problems. I'm your host, Jessica L. Fisher. Well, hello, you wonderful pet parent. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Pet Parenting Reset. Today, we're talking about depression in our cats and our dogs. And one thing to know about depression with our cats and dogs is that it's we don't know for sure if cats and dogs experience depression in the same way that we do as humans. Um, that's mostly because they, you know, we don't speak the same language. To me, it was really interesting, and I haven't really read much about this. Any, I don't think I've read anything about this, but I follow a few accounts of dogs and cats that use buttons to speak. And if you haven't heard of this, um, there is a product. So the first time I heard about this was with Stella. Um, I, I think it's Stella can talk. I'm not 100% sure, but um, her her <laughs> human, Christina, uh, is a speech therapist, and she actually wrote a book about teaching Stella to talk. And I'll go ahead and, and tell you, I've ordered some of these buttons for Kim. They're on back order right now. So <laughs> we'll see how far we can progress uh, by the end of the year. But Kim is not a, she's very expressive on her own, um, and she doesn't like to touch things with her paws. So uh, we've tried the buttons in the past. She doesn't like touching them, but we didn't, we tried human buttons. So the ones I've ordered are specifically made for animals. Um, so hopefully they're going to be a little bit easier, but the fact that there are animals out there learning to communicate with us in different ways, I, I feel like we're going to start learning a lot more. And it's all of course, anecdotal because, um, until somebody creates a study around it, right. We don't know for sure that dogs and cats experience depression in the same way that we do, that we think of depression. But um, what we do know is that our dogs and our cats can sometimes, they, they have changes in mood and behavior. And one, one thing that I always, always, always recommend for people is that if your dog or your cat it, you know, has any sudden change in mood or behavior, we always want to consult with our veterinarian because there are many reasons why our dog or cat could be experiencing expressing themselves in this way. And uh, medical issues are, are one of them for sure. Like a lot <laughs> of the time, but you know, if your cat or dog, you take them to the vet and they have a, you know, a clean bill of health, then there are a, a number of other possible reasons. So what are we looking for specifically? We're looking for changes in a sleeping routine, um, being mischievous, getting into things they normally wouldn't, right? Mood swings, being finicky about their food, and any other signs of boredom, which may make us think, even if it's in the back of our mind, that like maybe they're depressed or anxious. And I know a lot of people think of cats as being mischievous anyway. And honestly, that is because we're not giving our cats nearly enough <laughs> um, as we should. If you have been following the podcast for any period of time, 
in September, I did a podcast that kind of summarized um, all four videos that I put up on uh, YouTube and Rumble. I think they're both. I think they're on Rumble as well. Um, we did Happy Cat Month, and so we went through so many different things about our cats specifically and what we can do to make sure our cat is he healthy and happy. And if we're not like the overall like overarching theme of everything is treating our cats like cats. And so many of us don't, don't know that, don't understand that. So, you know, our cats are going to have a, if they're, if we're concerned about them being depressed, bored, anxious, they're going to have, they could potentially have a decrease in activity, not eating normally, hiding, retreating from other pets, other family members, sleeping more than usual, changes in bathroom habits. So yes, that means that they miss the litter box. Um, if they previously really enjoyed doing something and now they know, have no interest in doing it at all, a big one, if they don't groom themselves properly, if there's a lack of or even altogether stopping grooming, all of these things for our cats, of course, we need to go to the vet to rule out any underlying medical conditions, but can be signs that our, our cat is depressed. And like you're seeing an overlap here, right? Of the things that we're looking for in our dogs and the things that we're looking for in our cats. There's a, a whole lot of overlap. And so the very first thing I want to talk about is changes in routine. Um, you know, our dogs and our cats, by the way, thrive on routine. And when that routine changes, they can sometimes feel unsettled and certainly um, exhibit a lack of confidence because they're feeling unsettled. So it could be something as simple as getting a new piece of furniture or something as complex as bringing a new baby into the house or maybe your eldest you know, is moved out of the house, right? It could be that your working hours have changed, right? It could be that you went on vacation, like all of these. And by the way, even leading up to you going on vacation, your energy is changing and your pets are going to feel that. So even if you haven't gone away yet, but you're within a, you know, a short period of time where your energy is all focused on going on that vacation, then yes, these are changes in routine. And all of these things and everything in between um, can cause turmoil and changes in your pet's mood or behavior. One other thing that I want to talk about, and I have no idea if this is if the video version of this will get to stay up on YouTube, but it is what it is. Um, if if for some reason you I don't know, you can always go to Rumble and catch the video version. Of course, you listen to the podcast, but vaccine reactions. So. Most people think that a vaccine reaction is something that's going to happen within the first, you know, two to three days, maybe after getting the vaccine. That is actually not true. Now, uh, one huge physical symptom that we often, often, often see with any vaccine is lethargy. But um, Dr. Will Falconer, who, who has the Vital Animal podcast, he says there are increasing numbers of veterinarians finding that vaccine reactions can occur up to a month out from the vaccine being administered and reactions range from severe anaphylaxis to behavioral changes. So yeah, behavioral changes can be a result of uh, vaccination. And look, I've talked about this. I've well, I've talked about um, vaccines many, many, many times. Um, you know, one thing that is very, very true is that a Chihuahua and a Great Dane are getting the same dose in a vaccine. And that's really unfortunate. Um, 
you know, even testing our pets to make sure they need the vaccine before uh, blindly administering it is something that I'm a huge proponent of. But, you know, everything in our body, everything in your pet's body, everything in your dog's body, everything in your cat's body, it all works together. It's like a little symphony. And where one area is affected, the whole symphony is going to struggle, right? So, you know, there are other videos on my channel. There are other podcasts. I, I think we've done a podcast on it, but I, I feel like we need to do more because we need to say this more and maybe even in different ways. But titer testing is so, so incredibly important. So uh, that those are a couple of things that we really, really want to look at. Um, uh, but so many things, like literally uh, getting a new pet, the loss of a pet, um, having uh, company over, like all of these are changes in routine. And it's really, you know, depend, different animals are going to have different levels of sensitivity. Um, not that there's any, and there isn't anything wrong with being more sensitive than another, right? Like that's just their condition. That's just their authentic self. And having changes in routine, having um, environmental factors as well, it it all can lead to anxiety and depression in our pets. So what can we do? Um, what can we do? First and foremost is if we know what that stressor is, if we know what is causing the feelings in your pet to have anxiety, to have what we might consider depression. Well, can we fix that is the first thing we can't always, right? If a new baby comes into the house or if, you know, our eldest leaves for college, those are things we can't fix, but we can absolutely step up our game and provide more enrichment to our pets. So let's talk about first our cat. So if we have a cat that we think is depressed one, I would say definitely go back to Happy Cat Month because there's so much to unpack. I'm going to try to condense it as quickly as I possibly can. Um, treating our cat like a cat. Hunt, stalk, kill, eat, clean, sleep. Like they need this every single day. And if you're not familiar with that, a, a cat in the wild many, many times a day is going to go through a process of hunting their prey, stalking it, killing it, eating it, cleaning themselves and sleeping. Like this is a routine that cats go through naturally many times a day. And our house cats are not going through this routine. So making sure that they are getting plenty of exercise, making sure they're getting, um, why did I say that weird getting, <laughs> uh, everything they need is to be a cat, um, feeding them a species appropriate diet, making sure they have plenty access to plenty of clean water. Um, playing with them many, many times a day, like at least twice a day. I would say if you can only do it twice a day early, you know, first in the morning before you go to bed or before you go to work and then right before bed is going to be some of the best times. If you have to break it up and can only do it um, twice a day, that's going to be the minimum. And that's where I would put those. Um, but treating our cat like a cat, and again, there are so, so, so many things. I would go back to Happy Cat Month and check out all of those. It was four videos um, or I summarized it in a, a podcast. So you can go back to that podcast and listen to that as well. For our dogs, um, again, they need plenty and plenty and plenty of enrichment. Um, have a neighbor, a friend, family member, or even a trusted dog walker come over to provide a break and playtime for your dog while you're away. Um, 
of course, if you go on vacation, but also just if you work long hours. Uh, if your dog would like it, you can also try doggy daycare. Reward the behavior you want to see all the time. And this is something that most people just don't do ever. And it can be it can be difficult because we have to be very intentional about this. If we're just going through life normal day to day and our dog is being good, we need to take the time out to let our dog know that that is what we want to see, that that is appropriate and reward that. Um, whether that is with food or uh, playtime, uh, petting, just giving them praise. I think that um, we use, we, probably use food a little too much. I think food is something that we absolutely should try and use. It, it depends on the dog. Some dogs are more play motivated and less food motivated, but in general, most dogs are food motivated. So when we're training a new action or behavior, absolutely. We want to reward very frequently and often, and, you know, often and for a considerable, considerable period of time when we're training something new. But, um, you know, there are other forms of currency that our dogs love. So uh, re uh, reward the behaviors that you want to see in your dog. Ignore the behaviors you don't want to see. So don't, don't, we do not want to reward behaviors we don't want to see, right? Um, redirect to positive outlets, such as playing with an appropriate toy. So if your dog is acting out and maybe chewing on things they shouldn't be, or um, they reverted back to, you know, nipping and biting, redirecting to positive outlets, keeping our routine more consistent. Like we, we need to make a concerted effort to do that, provide lots of enrichment. Um, and if you're not sure what enrichment is, I've definitely, I know we've talked about this, um, on the on Patreon quite a bit. So you can certainly go back there. We've talked about it in multiple videos on, you know, YouTube. Um, I'm not sure if we've talked about it on Rumble because I started the Rumble channel later, but we'll definitely, I, I feel like enrichment can be um, a podcast of its own as well. So maybe we'll do that soon. Make sure you have lots of playtime scheduled for you and your dog every day. Uh, feeding a species appropriate diet, a better diet, you know, obviously prefer, preferably fresh, balanced, whole food. Um, I know we've talked about that many times. Uh, nutritional variety can also help with behavior. So that's, that's interesting. There are also some natural supports that we can provide to our dog once we have, um, okay. I want to say once we've done all these other things, but honestly, we can do it in combination with these other things. As long as we are putting forth the effort into doing everything, like we can't put all of our eggs into the supplement basket, like never, ever, ever. And as a society, I, I know I've said this so many times, but it just, it applies in so many different instances. As a society, we have resorted to, we treat the symptoms instead of looking for the underlying cause and fixing that. And that is really unfortunate because we're going to treat symptoms for the rest of our freaking lives if we don't look at what the underlying cause is. And this is the same dang on thing with our pets. And if you cannot tell, I get very passionate about this because it's like we're just we're, we're just chasing our tail over here. We need to step back and realize that chasing symptoms is not that it's it's not good. Um, while yes, there are times that we need to treat symptoms in order to maintain and get through, but that's in conjunction with figuring out what the root cause is and fixing that, working on fixing that. Um, we can't 
in fact, a lot of times when we treat symptoms, we can lose, we can actually lose sight of what the underlying cause is because the treatment of those symptoms is blocking our vision. And that is kind of a, a metaphor, med medically speaking. Um, but I know I've talked to veterinarians about this in the past, so it's definitely applies medically, but it also applies behaviorally. So figuring out what the underlying root cause of an issue is, working on that. And if we need to, we can treat symptoms in the meantime. But that being said, supplements are can provide important um they have they have an important role and to be they are to be used in conjunction with all of these other things we have talked about so when i think about just all over support for our dog and for our cat my number one go-to is going to be animalio and i know i've talked about animalio before they are veterinary grade essential oils dr melissa shelton uh, makes them so she sources the absolute best quality oils she is the in my opinion, she has probably the absolute best <laughs> knowledge about essential oils and pets that there is out there in the world today. She has written the uh, animal desk reference for essential oils for pets. Uh, well, for all animals, actually, because she actually uses them. She uses them on all sorts of animals, chickens, pigs, horses, donkeys, um, anim uh, animals, <laughs> birds, lizard, like you name it. And she understands it and works with these animals and works with oils with these animals. Um, and Animalio is my go-to. It's actually pretty much the only, it's a hundred percent the only oil I use um, on or around my pets. And for the most part, the only oil I use for myself as well. Um, so there's Boost in a Bottle or the Aroma Boost Collection for our dogs. And the Aroma Boost Collection is like I think five different essential oil bottles that you use in combination to create um, an aroma boost. And a boost in a bottle is like packing them all in one bottle. So it's kind of a shortcut. So you might not get the the full <laughs> um, the full experience that you would with aroma boost. But if you're in a hurry, you're on the go, you don't have a whole lot of time, you need something easy so that you can start the habit or the routine, boost in a bottle is is great. So, um, you know, on the other side of that for our cats, she has Kitty Boost. And I have to tell you, I love Kitty Boost so, so, so much. Like I use Kitty Boost on myself. So um, for overall health and support of our pet, that is the for after proper nutrition, species appropriate nutrition, this is where I go is to the boost collection um, with from Animalio. And you can of course go to Animalio. It's animaleo.info and check out her whole line of products. I am not affiliated with her or that brand in any way. It's just something that I use and love. Uh, so I recommend it to you. Of course, there are um, flower essences. I have not had a whole lot of luck with flower essences, but I've talked to people who have. Box Rescue Remedy is definitely something that um, I, I add to all of my lists because I think it's very, you know, it's inexpensive and definitely worth a try. And of course, now this part is going to get chopped out of the YouTube video. If that's where you're watching, I apologize, but I have to chop this part out. It will be available on Rumble and if you listen on the podcast. Um, but here we go. 
So for Rumble and the podcast listeners, uh, CBD. Lots of people have had wonderful, wonderful success with CBD products for their pets. My one caveat here is to do your research because not all CBD is created equal. It's actually pretty darn highly unregulated. Um, we, I think I did a whole post on Patreon. If you're not part of the Patreon family, y'all need to get over there for as little as a dollar a month. Um, you get all kinds of great content. You're getting exclusive content, new content, first look at content. Um, and I'm pretty sure I like went into detail and like, I feel very strongly about having gone into detail <laughs> about CBD on a post somewhere, because there is a difference there. There are so many differences. There's for a, for your pet, you absolutely want full spectrum, but again, the quality matters. Third party testing matters and knowing how to read that third party testing matters. So my best recommendation for an animal CBD product for dogs, for cats is CBD dog health. And I, again, a company I, I have no affiliation with whatsoever. Um, I just know that I can trust it. Um, and An Angela Ardolino is the founder and she knows, I mean, every, pretty much everything I know about CBD I've learned from her. Um, even when I like try to research on my own, it's very, very confusing. So I tend to always go back to her, her website, her articles to kind of fact check the things I'm finding and I'm reading other places. So yeah, I think that's also a great option. While I have not had many circumstances in which I have wanted to use it, um, prime, the, my primary <sighs> reason for buying it in the past was specifically for two of my cats and it didn't I don't want to say it didn't work for them I um my my one cat I really was not sure if it was working for him or not and I just was like I, I don't know and then um my other cat she didn't like it like and she let me know in no uncertain terms that she did not like it at all. So I didn't, you know, I stopped using it, but uh, you know, every animal is different. So you have to be able to read your pet and understand and know like, okay, this is okay for them. This is not okay for them. I'm seeing a difference. I'm not seeing a difference. It, are they like actively avoiding application? You know, th there are lots of things to consider. Um, and of course I can't tell you for sure if your pet is going to be okay with it or not. This is something that you and your medical team for your pet, I think should all talk about and consider, but all right, let's go ahead and I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring everybody back in, <laughs> um, YouTube as well. I'm going to bring y'all back in and say, thank you so much for being here with me on the podcast. Um, I did make one more plug <laughs> when I, I cut the piece I cut out for YouTube for y'all to join the Patreon family. So I'm going to mention it one more time for those of you watching on YouTube. I highly, highly like, please, I realize it's my Patreon, but I'm try, I try so hard to put out good information for you as well as you're getting new content over there. You're getting behind the scenes content. You're getting so much stuff um, on Patreon that I'm not posting anywhere else for anyone else. It's just for y'all. So 
for as little as a dollar a month, um, you're going to help me to continue to create content and bring new content out to you and every other pet parent out there. So I do hope to see you over there. It's like a tiny little, I say tiny, but like, because it's close knit, we have a, a clo close knit family over there on Patreon. Um, if you like this video or the podcast, I do hope you rate the podcast, please. Um, if I have one ask of you, it is to rate the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, that's how we get this content out to more pet parents and help more pet parents. With that, we're going to go ahead and end today's podcast. Thank you so much for being here, for being the wonderful pet parent that you are. And until next week, bye guys. Oh, oh.